0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. I am your host, Chaplain Tyler Eggleston. Little weird episode for me at least today. Uh, My beautiful wife Amanda will not be joining me, so bear with me on my first uh, podcast episode by myself. Hopefully it's not too extremely cringy. We've got a lot of stuff going on with Ecuador and things like that, so she is going to take a a break from this episode and she left it all up to me to do so hopefully you guys will enjoy the ride as much as i will so some pretty cool awesome updates going on for us um i know it's been about a month since we got a new episode out so we definitely wanted to get one out before we went to ecuador so me and amanda have uh Officially started our own parachurch ministry under the National Association of Christian Members or uh, Christian Ministers. So, uh, and that's also the ministry that um, my ordination is covered under. So, our ecclesiastic uh, covering is coming from that uh, ministry as well as our church, too, and our pastors and things like that, and leadership in our church. And um, not really anything is changing as far as what we're doing. It's just more official in that sense. So our ministry's official name is Street Chaplains for Christ. And for those of you who don't know about some of the evangelism work that me and Amanda do, um, we do a lot of homeless ministry outreach. And we... They're basically goodie bags but we kind of dub them as evangelism bags and for homeless obviously it is uh what you could imagine you know we have like uh wet wipes uh disposable toothbrushes uh a snack cold water um some christian books when they're donated and bibles and we that's one big thing with us whenever we do any kind of evangelism we always the the essence is always the Bible. The core focus is always the Word of God. And, uh, you know, there's no point to any, any of our work if we're not bringing the gospel to the light first. So that is something very important that we do with our evangelism. And uh, we also go to NASCAR races, football games, concerts. And we do similar bags like that with a little bit of different twists. And same thing. We have uh, donated items. The last one we did was at Richmond Motor Speedway for that race. And my company actually donated uh, Yeti coffee cups. And we had a copy of my book, Sexually Sick. We had Bibles. Uh, We had some other things in there, too. I don't remember all of them. And we had... um, Bass Pro Shop drawstring bags that we're handing it out. And uh, obviously, you know, we're going to continue the podcast along with the ministry. And uh, there's going to be some other stuff that we're working on too. So just really cool. Wanted to share that with everybody before we really got into the meat of things. And also just continue to lift us up in prayer and all of our, our whole missions team. Because we are like two weeks away from going to Ecuador so we're really excited for that and can't thank everyone enough for all the prayers and support uh, and all the donations and just everything to send us and the team from Church of Hampton Roads to Ecuador so super excited for that episode after Ecuador to update everyone on how that trip went and things like that and one more thing before we get into the topic of what we're talking about today Um, we're doing another giveaway on the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast, and we're actually going to be giving away five copies of my book, Sexually Sick. And all you have to do is, um, if you don't know me personally, if you don't have my number or don't go to church with me, you can email me at chaplaintyler7 at gmail.com. Or if you're listening and you do know me and you just didn't want to pay for it, You can text me and claim one of the books or, you know, just holler at me at church. Uh, Later on tonight, though, I will be doing a live uh, podcast airing. So, you know, jump on it quick because the announcement will be there, too. So, you know, definitely get on it fast if you would like a free copy of Sexually Sick. So, today's episode we're talking about the word of god talking about the bible scripture and not in the cliche sense that a lot of people think about when you know they see the title of the word of god or the bible the holy bible but more of a in a sense of how lazy and passive and untrustworthy and how just careless we handle the word of God. Just we're we're extremely lazy and extremely passive with the word of God. And I think a big thing to to, to, to really get into it. So in America we don't go we don't go through things that our Christians brothers and sisters go through in China, Afghanistan, uh, just, you know, all these. I mean, Ecuador. I mean, uh, you know, Christianity is illegal in Ecuador where we're going on our missions trip. And, um, you know, we don't ever see it from that light. We don't ever see it from that physical side of things. You know, we see some movies. We read some articles, maybe the voice of the martyrs and we may tie their donate a little bit about it but we don't ever see the reality of like let's say China where you know you go into to any major store in America and everything says made on, made in China but what a lot of people and definitely, you know, non-Christians, but even a lot of Christians don't know, is how that is one of the biggest countries in the world that openly persecutes Christians. They they openly demolish churches. The churches there are underground. Um, Bibles have been illegal in China for a long time. And a couple of months ago, I, I guess they were still legal. Or I, w- I wouldn't say legal, but I guess they were still a way to buy Bibles in China offline. Well, a couple of months ago, that is now illegal. And they have stopped the sale of Bibles going into China off, online. And, you know, like, it, it, it doesn't get, of course, it, it doesn't make good media. It's not good for Fox or CNN to talk about Christians being persecuted because, you know, why would they? It doesn't make for good TV. It doesn't make for a good late night news story. So it doesn't get talked about. And we don't see that from that side of things because, and we also don't know how it is to be in a village where everyone has to gather in one little mud hut because there's only one physical Bible in that little village. There's only one Bible that they have no choice but to gather shoulder to shoulder you know, basically sitting on top of each other. And the the only sole purpose and reason is to just hear the word of God. To be preached. And there's only one. And see, we don't see it from this side of things. Because we know any bookstore, I mean, even any thrift store, is bound to have two or three Bibles. Even if it's a thrift store. I mean, every Walmart carries bibles and different kinds of bibles comic bibles children's bibles new king james new english standard version i mean the list goes on and on i mean we can get bibles online amazon i mean everywhere you turn you can get a bible in america I mean you go to NASCAR races, some NASCAR races with the Motorsports Outreach. They're handing out free Bibles. Uh that I mean you can go to a local church and get a free Bible. Now I'm not saying that I'm definitely super happy that we get that we are blessed enough to live in a country where it is so easy easily it's so easy to obtain a Bible in america and i I don't take that blessing for granted, I'm not saying that anybody should take that blessing for granted, but I truly believe that that is the reason that we've become so passive with our Bibles, where we don't relish in that blessing that we live in America, where we can turn on every corner to get a Bible instead of being super thankful, being super happy and grateful. That we do live in a country where we can get a Bible, we don't have to worry about persecution. We don't have to worry about it being outlawed. Hopefully, not anytime soon. We just—that's all we look at it as, as a, just a book that has sat on our grandma, our grandma's bookshelf, all of our lives growing up, and. You know, it was just something that you saw the church folks do growing up, and you grew up, and everywhere you looked, there was a Bible. You could get a Bible here, you could get this translation, and this comic book Bible, and this children's Bible, and, you know, it's it kind of lost its, you know, like a good way to put it is like, you know, a limited run of cigars, for instance, or Davidoff cigars. And anyone who smokes cigars knows what I mean by a Davidoff. But a Davidoff is pretty much a premium, top of the line cigar. You know, and unless you make a ton of money, like chances are those you're not smoking those every weekend. You're not. It's not something that you frequently smoke. So there's a novelty to it. There is a um, a necessity to it. A, I'm not kind of losing. Can't think of the right word here, but I think everyone kind of gets what I'm saying. So, because of how easy, how accessible it is for us to get Bibles in the Word of God in America, we've just been passive about it. It doesn't hold any water. It's not special to us anymore. We don't view it as the written word of God, the only book in the world that has a written testimony of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, his disciples and you know, we don't view it as a as a book that the Constitution of America was written off of. We don't view it as a book where you know, we can find all of our answers from porn addiction to our sex life with our wife, to our answers to depression and anxiety. How to marry, how to handle family, how to handle friends. I mean, just everything in life, you know, hence the book of life, is found in the Bible. And because it's so easy for us to get it, we don't view it like that. And then, you know, add on top of the however many translations there are of the Bible now. That you know the the Bible that that I used in in my quotes for sexually sick and um and on the podcast is New Living Translation and you know I I definitely don't want to go down the theological battle of you know which you know you should only read this type of Bible or this translation you should only read King James version or New King James version. I don't the the point of this isn't to cause divert diversion between us because the church in America us as brothers and sisters were already divided enough and we don't need to be divided on the word of God. And there definitely is really good things within other translations and different study Bibles. But you know, we when we go to look for a bible like we just look for easiest to read we look for the comfort prints which one is the nicest looking cover which one is real leather compared to fake leather which one you know was last updated just things like that just things that have totally taken away the true meaning of the word of god And, you know, to speak on translations, like, I do prefer the New King James version over all the other ones. Because, uh, I mean, statistically it does show that it is King James and New King James are the most historically accurate. They're the only ones without a prefix at the very bottom sometimes they're at the top and in study bibles they don't even really have them cuz it's a study bible and it's all broken down and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that because there definitely is good stuff that comes with those prefixes at the bottom and the little um tabs that that break down, you know, and might have not the exact date, but what Most theologians or most historians agree on a specific date that something happened. And that stuff is cool. That stuff is fun to learn. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. But I'm saying because we we only go and search for things like that. And we only search for comfort print. We only search for real leather, genuine leather. And I mean, we have gotten so blinded to the fact that you know, we're not willing to, you know, maybe put money into that missionary to to go over into a hostile environment to bring the gospel to unreached people. But we are the first ones to walk into Barnes and Nobles and spend seventy dollars on a leather bounded Bible. Because for some reason we think that the $70 leather bounded Bible is any more of the living word of God and somehow the you know $10 Bible is any less. Now I love leather. And Amanda can tell you how much I love leather. I mean my wallet's leather, my bag that I carry is leather, my cigar case is leather. Um my messenger bag is leather. My I have two Bibles that are leather. So I'm not saying there's not there's not anything wrong with having the things you like there's nothing wrong with you know preferring leather over hardback or paperback so i don't want this to come across as an i'm just attacking these little novelties that's not what i'm saying but i'm saying that we that's what we need to open our eyes to is that you know we're so quick to go buy, you know, I mean, even, I mean, I've seen Bibles even now getting up to a hundred, $115 and we're so quickly to go buy those. But like, we're so fast to sometimes not even tie our own local church or, you know, not, not go out and feed a homeless person. I mean, or just pay for a coworker's lunch, you know, and that's all Biblical stuff. Like the hundred and fifteen dollar Bible you're reading will back up those claims that I'm saying. And that's what has just gotten so funny to me is that we are willing to pay such a high price for our physical Bibles, but we're not real we're not willing to believe that the knowledge in it is worth $115. If that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense what I'm trying to get at there. But, you know, a good example in in like kind of what I'm I'm breaking down here, it's in Psalm 42, starting in verse 5. It says, why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. Now I am deeply discouraged, but I will remember you. Even from the distant Mount Hermon, the source of the Jordan, from the land of Mount Mizor, I hear the tumult of the raging seas as your waves and surging tides sweep over me. But each day the Lord pours his unfailing love upon me. And then going all the way to verse 11, Psalms 42, verse 11. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. And then jump to Psalm 43, starting in verse 3. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God. To God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O oh God, my my God. Why am I discouraged? Why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God. I will praise him again, my Savior, my God. So breaking that down, that psalm right there, you know, combining not really combining, but the the, the verses from Psalm forty-two and forty-three. You know, that if we truly believed in our bibles and we truly believed that this is the written word of god then you know the tough question for us to answer or ask ourselves is you know do we think we have the reason or the right to be discouraged to be sad because he you know david says right here but i will remember you and You know, he says, I will put, he, or I'm sorry, he says that that God, the source of all my joy, the source of all my joy. So if, if we truly believe that that Jesus Christ is the source of everything, the source of our next breath, the source of our knowledge, the source of our joy, our happiness, our satisfaction, then yes time tough times come in 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 life they do financial troubles marital problems uh kid problems uh i mean the list goes on and on but that was never our source in the first place our wives you know and women their their husbands your kids your job your bank account that was never the source of your joy, ever. It, was, it always came from God. And I truly believe that we never would have questioned that had we not become so passive with our Bibles. Had we been not so worried about the arguments between the translations, between the passiveness of it, and you know, even examples being set from the, from the church leadership down that, you know, we are so tossing of the Word of God that, you know, most pastors nowadays don't even preach from a physical Bible anymore. They have their iPhones or tablets, and they have excerpts. You know, they have their pieces of the Scripture laid out in their little notes, and it, it's just it's easier to read it like that. But that's the thing. That's the example that we're setting Is that, you know, it's easier just to take, you know, when you're preaching a sermon, it's easier to take your verse from Genesis and Revelations and Jeremiah and just have it all cut out right there on your iPad or iPhone. But there's that passiveness, there's that laziness again that, you know, we aren't encouraging people as leaders to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation or to just study their Bible anyways. Because if they see how easy, how lazy the pastor is being with it, then why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they see that example? And, of course, like the arguments could go on and on for days that, you know, I am being radical about the the topic, that I am, you know, being religious about it. But... If being passionate about the Word of God, the physical Word of God, if recognizing that the church in America does have a passiveness problem, with just how... Uh, here's here's a good example. When you go into church on Sunday, look around and see how many people you, you actually see bring a Bible into church. And, I mean, just think about that. Maybe you can even remember... To uh, Yeah, today's Monday. Maybe you can remember to last Sunday, to yesterday, and think about how many physical Bibles you actually saw walk in the doors at church. And how many people do you see when the pastor says, you know, turn to Isaiah, and how many people actually open a physical Bible, and how many people pull out their cell phones? You know, I like to be able to go to my Bible whether <laughs> the power is out, whether I don't have cell phone service, whether I don't have my phone cuz I mean, you best believe like my my Bible is in my bag and my bag is everywhere with me. I always have my Bible with me. But you know, there there is no value. We don't we don't see value in having a physical Bible anymore we don't even carry them into church anymore. We don't study them anymore. It's quicker for us to go on bible.org and to just it's easier for us just to quickly search things. We don't get the gratification, we don't get the wisdom and knowledge that God would show us if if we were to take the time and not just skim through on the internet psalms but if we actually started in psalms 1 and went all the way all the way through to psalm 151 the biggest longest book of the bible you know but we we want to so quickly look for those encouraging verses those verses to lift us up but if if we would just if we would thirst and hunger for the word of god we would never have to do that We would never have to do that because we would be so satisfied with the written, recorded account of God's Word. And I'm definitely not saying there's not anything wrong with having a Bible app. There's not anything wrong with preferring a certain translation over another. But what I'm trying to help is... For us to to take the blinders off, for us to let the scales fall off our eyes and realize that we have just become so passive with the Bible that we that we don't look at what's more biblically and historically accurate. We look at which one, I mean, and we can admit it. There is, there's pride. Pride is sin. And, you know, pride is a big thing that I have to murder all the time. But sometimes we do go look at the price tag. I know there was a point in time in my life that I not only wanted the leather, but like I wanted nice leather. I don't only want real leather, but I wanted really nice and really expensive leather. So that can creep into us as foolish as it sounds, even buying a Bible that sometimes we're not just looking at the nicest leather, but we're also looking at the price tag too. And as sad as it is to say, I'm sure some people out there who are listening can't agree with that. And you know, Amanda always says this all the time that, you know, when We're going through things, right? You know, she'll say, you know, it's, yeah, this may be hard to deal with, but sometimes we don't realize how good we have it. And that's what I'm trying to help us wake up and realize, that we don't realize how good we have it, that we just download a Bible app because it's easier just to, we're already going to carry our cell phones in a church so it's easier just to have your Bible app on your phone than it is to carry your cell phone and your Bible and your cup of coffee. But look at the things that we're weighing out over the Word of God. Like we never leave the house without our cell phones. But no one carries a Bible anymore. We're we're, we're very quick to bring our coffees into church, but we don't even bring our Bibles into church. If we don't even bring our Bibles into church, then that that should be a strong sign for... For you to tell, like if you're not doing that, like are you even bringing your Bible into work? Are you reading your Bible at work? If you're not even reading your Bible at church, are you reading your Bible at work? Are you reading it at home with your wife, with your kids? And we don't see it from our Christian brothers and sisters who are suffering, who 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 would kill to have that one dollar Bible from the Dollar Tree. Something that most of us would never see in our church. We would never see a one dollar Bible, and I mean, frankly, I love one dollar Bibles from Dollar Tree because when we don't get donations to go do our, our evangelism, and me and Amanda need to have to pay out of pocket, you know, we're going to thrift stores and we're going to Dollar Tree to buy those one dollar Bibles, and you know, I'm I'm gonna tell you right now. Th- The thrift stores sometimes have really, really freaking nice Bibles. Really nice Bibles. I mean, we went uh, a couple of weeks ago when we went to go minister uh, out in uh, Norfolk for the homeless. And I was shocked, not only for for the Bibles, but some of the books for me personally, for my own bookshelf that I was able to pick up in a C.S. Lewis book that I'm reading right now. You know, and that was another thing I wanted to touch on too, is that, you know, we, when we're going through tough times, we always want to, we always want to lead a connect group with a a book by Max Licato. Um, Or, you know, we, we want to pick a book that's, you know, uplifting for men or women or for married couples. You know, there's always a book. And, well, you know, we're so quick to go to other authors. But how often do we have a connect group or a uh, whatever your church calls it, a small group, a connect group, a cell group, you know, whatever. Uh, and, And it's sad that the term Bible study, because that's not what it is anymore. It's not a Bible study anymore. And that's my point is that, we aren't studying the Bible together anymore. We're studying Max Licato and we're debating Calvinism. We're, we're, we're more willing to talk and read a book by Charles Spurgeon than we are the word of God. And I don't discredit, not for one point, what any of those people have done for the kingdom of God. And I, I I mean, what they have done. And I no doubt believe that there is a calling on all those people's lives. I mean, I am not saying there's anything wrong with uh Christian literature that is not the Bible. I'm reading a C S Lewis book right now. Fiction books are not really my thing. So I've never really, I've never read Chronicles of Narnia and I never will just because fiction is my thing, but he, it's a book that was put together of lectures and sermons that uh, c s Lewis did called Christian Reflections and um, but that's the thing is that sometimes we can so easily misinterpret those things for the Word of God because you know we were we were we did a, a connect group or we did a small group study on offensiveness and we all read the bait of Satan. And then, you know, you came out of it and you're like all refreshed and, you know, oh, because I read this book and seeing that's where it starts is that, you know, that right there is it's not no longer a a book that was just a good read that had a lot of truths about offensiveness. It now is your primary tool for offensiveness when you refer to somebody, rather it being the Bible good example is I had a buddy who called me and was dealing with some spiritual warfare stuff. And when I was a teenager, I did a lot of studying into demonology, Christian demonology. And some stuff, there was stuff that I shouldn't have gotten into, some doors that definitely could have opened. And by the grace of God, they didn't open because I wasn't doing it with accountability. I wasn't studying the right way. I wasn't studying the word of God. I was studying man. I was studying authors about demons and demonology. So when he called me and we were talking about things, he asked me if there was any books I would recommend to him. And, you know, I told him, I said, you know, all all your answers are are in the Bible. They They all are. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with referring somebody a book. So, like, don't take my words out of context here. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with someone who is struggling with offensiveness to refer them the bait of Satan. But what I'm asking us to pay attention to is how quickly are we willing to refer someone, an author, over the Word of God? And of course, there's times and places for things. So, you know, but, you know, demons and demonology is not something I mess around with. I mean, it's very real, it's very serious. And, you know, I'm just over. Always referring to an author, always referring to a book, and it never being the book of life, you know. So I told him, and it's kind of funny coming from me, an author, right, who wrote a book. But I'm gonna tell you right now, and, it, and I even wrote it in sexually sick, that 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 book, my words, were to help people through a very dark place within porn. It's saturated with the word of God. There is scripture in every in all 10 chapters of that book. And the very first page you read, you know, I tell people to not just read the scriptures in sexually sick, but to go to your Bible and actually read them along with the book. Because it's the blood of Jesus Christ. It's the word of God that heals that gives you knowledge, that gets you through the porn addiction. The 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 book Sexually Sick is just a little teeny tiny thing that I would just pray that God would use to glorify his kingdom and to walk people struggling from a porn addiction. And I'm not saying that Max Licato and other Christian authors don't have that same thing in mind, but... Um, I would never get to a point where I would only refer sexually sick to someone who's struggling with a porn addiction over the Word of God as if my book would do more for that person in that situation than than the living Word of God could. And that's what I'm trying to help us realize. That... You know, we, we, we so quickly want to refer books to people, but how often do we ever say, you know, let me take you to this part in Psalms. Maybe this will help you out. Let me, let me, let me, let, let's talk, let's see what Paul wrote about this. Let's look at Acts. Let's look at Romans. You know, let's go back. There's actually a part in Genesis that I think really applies to this. Things like that. But it's easier for us just to be like, yeah, I'll buy, I'll, I'll send you this book on Amazon If you want it, yeah, I'll just have it sent to your house. But we don't want to take the time to meet with somebody at a coffee shop, sit down with them, and help them study the Word of God. And because of that passiveness, that laziness when it comes to the Word of God, is where we have gotten all these debates on Charles Spurgeon's theology and Martin Luther's theology and John Calvin's theology. And all of those men, see, we, we've started churches and seminaries and all that on, on top of these these men who would all testify to the fact that they're all sinners, who would all testify to the fact that if you ever studied any of these men, you would you would see that they have all flat out acknowledged that they're sinners. And, and the work that they've done and have done, I mean, it 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 is nothing without God backing it. And we don't want to build our church doctrines off of the word of God anymore. We want to build them off of the theology that Charles Spurgeon had, the theology that John Calvin had or Martin Luther had. And that right there is the reason I believe that we see the Southern Baptist Convention slipping away the way it is. I totally believe that that is the reason we have seen the Lutheran church completely flip and do a 180 on their stance on homosexuality. Where the Lutheran church is affirming gay marriages. Not only uh, affirming them, but performing gay weddings in their churches. Ordaining gay priests within their uh, church. Ordaining pastors. Because not that martin luther ever affirmed homosexuality but because that's the product you get when you build off of man if someone takes my book sexually sick and thinks that they're going to read that cover to cover 5 1500 times whatever have you and think that you're going to walk away with a walk away free from a porn addiction without the blood of jesus christ pouring over you and you repenting of your sins You will continue for the rest of your life to struggle with the porn addiction. So whether Charles Spurgeon never wavered on his stance on this or John Calvin on that or Martin Luther on that, that is what happens when you build ideas on sinful man. The word of God is perfect. It is never changing. And so many things could have been different in the Church of America had we stayed on that. So, you know, that's just my big prayer, that we could get back to starving for the Word of God, that we could get back to hungering for the Word of God. It's easier to read your Bible. It's better for your eyes. It's it's so much your eye doctor will thank you for getting off your phone, getting off your laptop or your tablet or whatever, and just pick up your Bible. Wipe the dust off of it, off of and just... Go back to how good it felt to just sit there and read that Bible. And not just just read it, but, you know, getting that wisdom and that strength and that knowledge and that life-changing everything that comes with reading it and make it a daily habit, a daily habit to... Set aside that time for God to minister to you. Take a break from the pastor or the elder ministering to you all the time and let God minister to you. Give that time, set aside that time for God to pour into you through his word and in prayer. And that's just what I hope, that we can see the shift and we can and we can get back to. So that kind of wraps up the episode here and um I plan on doing some more uh about the word of God uh and uh scripture specifically. I was thinking about doing some biblical scholar um episodes kind of like a uh kind of like the way we did the sexually sick series. So, if uh, you guys would like to hear that, you know, maybe a three or four part or three or four episode series um, on biblical scholarship, how to study the Bible, uh, some more detail, more meat that you would like in a a specific book, in a specific parable, uh, uh, you know, just let me know and and we'll see where it goes from there. And uh, again... You know, we're doing the giveaway. Five copies of Sexually Sick. uh, We're going to be giving them away, so hit me up. My email, again, is chaplintyler7 at gmail.com. If you email me, please make sure you include your email address. I mean, not your email address, but your shipping address so that I can get it shipped to you from Amazon. So, again, you know, five copies of Sexually Sick, are available. So, you know, hit me up. Let me know if you would like a copy. Uh again, thank you so much to everyone who has been listening, all the support for the podcast Sexually Sick. I can't wait to continue to update you guys on Street Chaplains for Christ. Uh the Ecuador missions trip a lot going on. This will probably be uh the last episode before Ecuador. And the next one will be an episode. Amanda will be on here and we will talk everyone's ear off about the Ecuador missions trip. Can't thank everyone enough for all the support, all the donations, all the prayers, uh, encouraging words. So with that being said, let's go ahead and pray it out. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Jesus, we just come before you, Lord, and we exalt your name. Jesus, we just... Praise you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, so much for letting our praise just be worthy of your ears, Lord, just being worthy to just come before you to sit at your throne, Lord, to seek your guidance, to seek your counsel, Lord, to have you pour into us and to have you minister to us, Father God. Jesus, I pray, Lord, in this moment right now, Lord, everybody listening, Lord, anyone out there who's listening, Lord, I pray, Jesus, that if they are struggling with the with, with with hungering for your word, Lord, I pray Jesus that right now you would give them that hunger and that thirst, Lord, and that fire and passion, Lord, to to draw close to you, to draw close to your word, Lord, to to want to consume your word, Lord, to to know you deeper, Jesus, to to realize that all the answers to everything were found right there, from Genesis to Revelations, Father God, Jesus, you 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 said that your word is is acceptable for for teaching and, and correction, Jesus it is your word lord it, it is now, it is forever, it is never changing, Father God, you told us to write that on our on our minds, on our hearts, Father God, and I pray Jesus that we would get in there or we would unpack it and we would study it, Jesus, we would come to a point, lord where we would be more willing to to refer a scripture to refer a chapter to refer a book in the Bible, Lord over authors, father God, Jesus that we would know when to use those tools for the kingdom, Lord, to know when to use those authors, Lord, that you've blessed us with, Lord, that you have that You have commissioned, Lord, but we would never, ever forget, Lord, the unfailing power of your word, Father God. Christ Jesus, it is in your holy and precious name that I pray, Lord, a spark and a fire, Lord, over everyone listening right now for your hunger and your thirst, Lord, for your word. Father God, we lift this all up to you in your holy, holy and precious name, Lord, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the precious blood that you shed for us. Amen.